We are live here with Darnell Wilson for Shepherd Community. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, shoot a wave at our direction. Uh, give us a smiley face, whatever the case might be. Uh, we're really happy to be here with you today and uh, actually starting our show. So this is, a, this is a very positive thing. Going Facebook Live here, we're uh, going to highlight some of the great things that are going on in the community. But let's start, first of all, with uh, why we are here and what, uh, what supports this particular program, Warp and Woof Radio. At the Cominius Institute, which is the sponsor of this program, uh, we cross three bridges. The first bridge is into culture. Uh, we do that by doing all kinds of writing and connecting with different cultural ideas. In fact, uh, you can go to our YouTube channel or to our CominiusInstitute.org.com websites and check us out. I do a lot of things there, like every uh, week we put out something called Truth in Two, which is a video uh, that we do, Christian Truth in Two Minutes. We also cross the bridge into communities, which is done through this particular radio show. So thanks again for joining us here uh, today, and we'll actually pick up the podcast later on from uh, this particular show. Uh, our great uh, tech guy behind the scenes, digital man of the year, of the decade, of the century, Josh Collingwood takes good care of us in that way. H.B. Bell, of course, behind the scenes producing this show, grateful for him and for all of his work. Uh, Polly, uh, also Polly Riddell is somebody who uh, connects us to lots of folks in and around Indianapolis. I call her my CCO, my Chief Connections Officer. Then, of course, we cross the bridge into college, which is at IUPUI. I'm teaching there uh, in a course called Reading, Writing, and Inquiry. Teach a couple of sections of that. And then, of course, uh, on campus, answering theological, cultural questions from students about their classes, coursework, helping them to think Christianly about their courses. But this particular program, cross, uh, Crossing the Bridge into Communities, is what we do this program for. And the whole point of the radio show is one idea, and that is that we are linking Christians in and around Indianapolis who are doing good based on Titus 3, 1, 8, and 14. And we, I'm just thrilled to have Darnell Wilson back here with us again. Uh, Darnell, you were on uh, maybe a year and a half there about, thereabouts yeah, ago. Yeah. Yeah, and it was a great time then. It's going to be a great time here today. Just to refresh everybody's uh, perspective on Shepherd Community Center. So uh, before we do that, before we get into Shepherd and do all, all the good work that you're doing there, I always want to introduce people to the person. So give us a little bio sketch here of things that are going on in your life. Yeah, so um, I actually moved to Indianapolis from uh, Toronto, Ontario. I was part of a church plant team up there for almost two years. Uh, couldn't get my residency status uh, situated with the Canadian government, so I had to come back to the U.S. Uh, my my brother-in-law is a pastor on the south side of Indianapolis. He said, hey, why don't you stay with me, work at my church until God opens the next door. And I wasn't here more than a few months until I got connected with Shepherd Community Center. Uh, Alan Sutherland is their uh, chief cultural officer, great guy, ended up being part of a church plant team with him. He connected me with uh, Jay Height, who has been the executive director for Shepherd for over 20 years, and um, the rest is history. And yeah. uh, now I serve in the development department, uh, particularly with child sponsorships, and then also with uh, some of our local church partners. And uh, I, I've noticed that, that you have something on your finger you didn't have yes. the first time you yes. were here. Yeah, yes. tell us, man. Uh, so on uh, November 10th, I uh, got married to uh, actually one of the social workers at Shepherd. 
she uh, worked in the uh, family ministry department, and uh, we just started talking about life and ministry. And then we started hanging out and, uh, you know, kind of ask all the big questions. You know, what do you believe about this? What are your plans for the future? And um, God was good enough to allow me to marry her. So uh, Lindley Swiggum, now Lindley Wilson, is my wife. And mm. um, absolutely could not be happier. All very, right. Very blessed, yeah. Shout out to the good woman here today. Yeah, Make sure absolutely. to have that happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We want to have good relations when you get done with the radio for show. Sure. You go home, for you know? sure. Yeah, exactly. All of that. So congratulations. That's Thank you very, very much. Marvelous stuff. So uh, let's talk about Shepherd. Yeah. Uh, let's first of all talk about what you do there. What prime? What is your primary position and uh, kind of work, the, your vocational work that you do? Yeah, so I'm in the fundraising office. Uh, we do fundraising a little bit different. It is very, uh, very, very relational. Mm. And so we, we do our best to avoid any kind of transactional relationship and just honestly looking for people and churches who believe in breaking the cycle of poverty, who believe in a Christocentric approach um, to trying to combat poverty, um, and then it, incorporating them in what we're doing at Shepherd. And so um, I'll go to different churches and say, hey, this is our approach to break the cycle of poverty. We are not just faith-based, we're Christocentric. Here's our ways that you can be involved. Do any of our passions match up with any of, of uh, your passions? And then we go from there. And I think one of the things that's so beautiful about Shepherd is that we're not um, just looking for people to write a check. I mean, I have churches um, that that don't give us any financial funding, but uh, they give us peanut butter. Okay, so we have a cereal church and a, a peanut butter church. <laughs> I love and, these stories. And that <laughs> is what they do because in a in an area like ours, four six two one four four six two one nine food desert. Most people realize that, that the Indianapolis has a major uh, nutritional security issue, mm. and so having that protein with that peanut butter is just a tremendous blessing. And so the fact that we don't have to go out, spend manpower, um, and go buy the peanut butter, bring it back, I mean, it's just an awesome way. And so churches can get involved on so many different levels, volunteers, food, money. I mean, it's, it's just really a great place to serve because no matter what your capacity, there is something that, that uh, you can do. Mm. So. I'm, you know, forgive me for kind of getting stuck on the whole um, issue of peanut butter here for just a moment, but um, I think that's really a powerful metaphor for what we encounter on a regular basis, no matter what vocational area that we're engaged mm -hmm. with. Uh, one of the things that strikes me about the issue of peanut butter is that it's very specific but you noted a need in particular, which mm -hmm. is protein, mm -hmm. and the necessity of little people getting protein mm -hmm. in their bodies to build their their physical selves. Yeah. So, I know that you said Christocentric, which you know you know me, I'm four square there with you. Absolutely. But the issue of wholeness, mm -hmm. that is of the whole person, is of essence here. Mm -hmm. You know, when I think about little kids getting protein, I'm I kind of get a smile on my face because yeah, that's yeah. really huge. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. And in, in our neighborhood, eight out of ten kids get two meals a day whenever school's in session. Mm -hmm. And then that security um, gets compromised whenever school's out of session. And so at Shepherd alone, we serve over 3,000 meals a week. Mm -hmm. And we have preschool through fifth grade. And those kids 
many of them come to school looking for something to eat. Mm -hmm. And so for us to be able to provide that, as well as a very high quality top rated Christian education mm -hmm. is, is, is very important. And, and for us, breaking the cycle of poverty has to be holistic. Mm -hmm. um, it isn't just about our jobs for life. It isn't just about our senior ministry. It isn't even just about our, our uh, prenatal ministry. It's about the, the whole person, spiritual, physical, mental, and all of that has to be surrendered and, and has to be ministered to. Mm. And so for us, holistic ministry, our continuum of care, um, that is our goal. So I really kind of get upset with people who uh, speak in ways like, you know, this is a spiritual problem. No, this yeah. is a person problem. Right, right. You know, the kid gets off the bus or comes out of a home, you know, who knows if dad left last night, mom yelled at the kid, he didn't get breakfast, he lips off to the teacher. He lips off to the teacher, that's important, but I'm thinking in my own mind if that happens to me, what happened to this kid before he yeah, even got here? Yeah, and you know we try to take that reductionist approach with with many different things. I've heard people say, "Well, this isn't a, you know, this isn't a racism problem, or this isn't a sexual problem. This is a," and, and it's like you know what Scripture calls out very specific problems, yep. and it is a spiritual problem. But if Paul is willing to call out specific sins and specific injustice, then we can do no better. Yeah. So. And the injustice here is uh, having to do with food, and that's the important issue, especially that you're dealing with in this particular section of, of uh, the time that we have here today to talk about. Uh, let's take this a little bit further down the road and tell people, I heard you mention education just a moment ago, tell people about the Christian education that goes on at the place. I mean, we're talking K to eight, is that correct? Um, it is uh, preschool through fifth. Preschool through fifth. And then we have a uh, partnership with a uh, Christian school for six, seven, eight. Nice. And um, and so they actually come and then we bus our kids up to their facility. And so nice. uh, last year we were an A-rated school. I don't know what our, what our rating will be this year, but um, God has really, really blessed us mm. there. Um, and we have some of the best teachers, I believe, in the city nice. uh, because the kinds of problems that we're dealing with can be really unique. I mean, 70% of the kids in our academy are Hispanic. Mm. Um, many of them struggle with English as a uh, second language. Mm. And so the amount of time and, and uh, tutoring is, is really, really significant. Mm. And our teachers are just, they, they do not get enough credit. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I mean, you know, we both my wife and I are teachers, and one of the things that's really nice is when teachers are actually recognized. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I actually heard, just as a side note uh, to this conversation, I heard the other day of a church that uh, singled out teachers in August uh, by having them all stand and saying, you know, we're sending you to the ministry of our all of our school districts, wherever you teach, you know, that kind of thing, to honor them. That's mm -hmm. quite frankly what to do for all vocations, mm -hmm. no matter mm -hmm. what it is that that's you do, true. it's your ministry, whatever yeah. it is you do. So that's a really crucial and, and cool thing, and I'm glad to hear about the good teachers yeah. that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, tell us about fundraising for a moment, because, you know, quite frankly, when you're in the nonprofit world like I am, it's probably the most difficult thing I deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's a it's an interesting tension to manage for sure. So you said that you know you're not necessarily interested in somebody just writing you a check or that there's no pressure. Tell us a little bit about the importance of how you do fundraising. Mm -hmm. And so for us, we we try to raise funds. Well, 
first of all, we try to isolate 10 different things that we believe makes up uh, the, the contributing factors as to why someone is in poverty. Mm. And so they're called the uh, 10 assets. And money is just one of the assets that a person has to be missed. Are you in a, a two-parent home? Do you have strong role models? Do, uh, do you have any kind of mental acuity? Can you advocate for yourself? I mean, there's all these different things. And so our programs are all designed to mm. um, address those particular assets. And so whether it's, you know, $35 a month for our uh, child's sponsorship program, or if it's donating money to our senior ministry, um, we are are trying to address those those ten different assets that that make that we believe are the causation for someone being in in uh, poverty. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you talk about fundraising. Do you ever talk about friend raising? Um, raising meaning friends using uh, no, someone's just, friend group. No, just emphasizing the idea that what you're really developing in your funders and patrons are friends, friends yes. of your ministry. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so for us, we try to get as many of our donors um, down to Shepherd and speaking into our programs as well, because we have some donors that have some that have some tr tremendous uh, marketplace expertise. Mm. And so we have a term called Hive, High Impact Volunteer Employee. Mm. And those are some of our most valuable friends because they take the expertise that that uh, God has given them in the uh, marketplace, mm. and they help us to be efficient and e effective in the ministry that that uh, we're doing. Mm. Um, I think sometimes ministries kind of fall into the trap of, um, you know, well, you know, we're a ministry, so you know, being streamlined or or, 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 you know, being productive, you know, may not be at the forefront of what they're trying to do. We don't see it that way. Um, every dime that we get, we are held accountable for. And we want to be the best stewards of that that we can. Mm -hmm. And we have 500 families that we're working with, which equals out to over a thousand people. And we have to give an account to them and to our donors mm -hmm. um, before God. And so any, any friendships that we can make that can contribute to that goal are very, very important. You've done some really great uh, presentations as well. I remember the last time I was down at your place uh, that there was some video that was shot that uh, really kind of focused on what you're actually doing down there. Tell everybody about these videos because they are not simply a person video that is kind of like a talking head or something, mm -hmm. but they're actually kind of, uh, um, I hate to use the word cartoonish, but mm -hmm. there is that kind of animation going on in these videos. Tell people about those and why uh, those might be valuable for them to see. Yeah, so um, go to YouTube and uh, go to uh, Shepherd Community Center's uh, YouTube channel, and I'm thinking of a, of a particular video where um, uh, one of the kids, I mean, um, has got all these dreams about what he wants to do, but then all of these different cartoon figures start to converge on him, and it's an abusive parent, it's it's uh, drug dealers in the neighborhood, lack of food, violence, all these different things, and I think it's compelling because we look in on a situation and say, oh, well, just just make the right decision as though that person's making a decision in a vacuum. Right. This video shows all of these contributing factors um, as to why someone may not be successful mm -hmm. and um, things that we take for granted like just basic safety. Um, 
I, I live in a um, without fear of someone coming in at night and and uh, doing me harm. Obviously, I'm not missing any meals, and so I'm distracted by that. I've got I've got a very strong relationship with God. All all of these different factors that that we may mistakenly think of as um, us being self-made um, are really blessings from God that we want to share with someone else. Mm-hmm. So that's really fantastic. I I really appreciate the fact that you know it comes back to the holistic concept that. There are multiple factors. It seems like in our culture, we want to just pinpoint one problem and say, see, that's the problem, or they're the problem, or this group is the problem, or this individual, you know. But it makes uh, sense for us to realize that there are so many cultural inhibitions that are hitting kids and that we need to keep track of them or at least give some understanding that this might contribute to. No, it's true. It, it It is rarely, if ever, as simple as well. If we fix this one thing, everything else is going to line up. You know, there's, 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 uh, you know, different people um, that will come in, talk to our social workers with this one particular issue, mm-hmm. and the odds that that is the only thing keeping that person from being successful, any more than it would be for me. You know, you know, I I fall in a trap all the time of, of you know I would be a better husband or a better employee if I just did this. Um, there's just a whole plethora of different things that that uh, that have to come together. And there's a saying: it uh, takes a village to raise a child. And I just look back over my life, and they're just key people. Whether it's Miss um, McElwain in my eighth grade class, whether it's my parents adopting me out of foster care, whether it's um, Dr. Philip Brown at the God's Bible School and College, hmm. um, all of these different people were part of my village mm. and that's what we're trying to do for kids in our neighborhood because we might be the only external voice that is telling them that you have worth that you're fearfully and wonderfully made mm. um that uh, god has a plan for your life i mean all of their other voices may be telling them that you're only good for sex or you're stupid or you are never going to break this cycle you're just going to keep duplicating what you know um I think so many people don't dream because they, they don't have a concept for what a dream would look like. Um, and so we're trying to give them those those God-shaped visions for their life. And this goes uh, even broader in the general sense of a supernatural battle that we're encountering. We're, we're dealing with, uh, you know, you coming back to the Christocentric emphasis that you gave so well before, one of the things that's true about us as Christians is that we actually believe that there's a supernatural battle. Yes. And that there is a demonic influence or intervention that's going on even Absolutely. behind the scenes in various venues. You know, pick something about poverty or drugs or whatever the case might be. Uh, we know that our adversary is certainly um, not lazy in mm-hmm. his um, endeavors against human uh, beings. So, uh, the Christocentric emphasis that you that you so well describe is something that understands all of this and the importance of viewing Absolutely. our students and children within that culture. Absolutely, and that that is one of the reasons why we regularly um, ask for prayers from our church partners, from our from our donors that are believers. Um, the Holy Spirit is already at work mm. on the east side. Mm. Um, we want to be a tool of His to affect that salt and light and that sanctifying power. But we're not foolish enough to believe that that we can muscle our way to victory. I mm. mean, the, 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 the weapons of our warfare are not fleshly. Mm. And um, 
we don't want to fight a metaphysical spiritual battle in the material. And here's, you know, we were even talking about this before the program, uh, this uh, passage from Joshua 23, for instance, where God is doing the fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, he's the one who does all of the work over and over and over again. We see this in, in First Testament teaching that the people themselves, they were there, did what mm -hmm. they were supposed to do, but nonetheless, it was God who fought for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah it's, it's true. It's yeah, true. This is an important concept and one that uh, ought not to be lost on anybody who's uh, listening or viewing what we're doing right now on Facebook Live. Thanks ever so much for joining us. We're going to be taking a one-song break, but when we come back, we're going to dig a little deeper uh, actually into what Darnell is doing, some of his new initiatives, some of the things that he wants to make sure everybody hears about. You're listening to Warp and Woof Radio, RadioNX.TV at the Cool Groove site. After one song, we'll be right back. And Facebook Live, we're still with you. Thanks for hanging in there with us. I always kind of say that out loud to our guests so that you remember that we're sure, still on sure, air. Yeah. <laughs> All of that kind of stuff continues. Uh, Yes, but I always ask uh, everybody just ahead of the second segment uh, to make sure that I know where you want to go. So uh, tell me what it is that we haven't touched on yet that you want to make sure to talk about. Yeah, maybe um, if I could just break down some of the demographics of our neighborhood. I actually jot down, I actually jotted down a few notes. I think people would be surprised um, at the at the different rates of poverty, at the rates of crime, and Good. and and at drug overdose. And so, I think it's really easy to forget, even if you live 20 minutes from Shepherd, mm. that there's a great need. Mm. And so maybe just an opportunity to uh, highlight that would be sure. really appreciated. Absolutely. So, yeah. How's Jay doing these days? Good. Busy as as, as always. always yeah. As always, he is. Uh, yeah. When we were out to lunch a few months ago, you had said, uh, yeah, Jay doesn't go much of any place. Everybody comes to him. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's good. You know, that, I think after uh, 25, I mean, he would do circuits where he would go to churches and spend months speaking to every single one of their small group mm -hmm. leaders. I mean, he would hit all these Nazarene churches, all mm -hmm. these Baptist churches. And, you know, he's 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 not slowing down, mm -hmm. but he's got the credibility to say, hey, why don't you come right. to my office for a change? Exactly, yeah. And uh, he just had two new grandbabies born, so yes. he is he's very excited about that. That's cool. Um, he loves his, his uh, kids and his uh, grandkids. It's One of the yeah. things that we sent over, uh, I don't know if you've seen this or not, I sent it right to Jay, was the uh, 2018 kind of uh, documentary that we did for Cominius last mm -hmm. year. And uh, he was on there, I think, I don't know, 10, 12 minutes. Some of the interview that we did with him that day uh, when Josh Collingwood and I shot that interview. But it was a great interview, and we were really happy to have his face on there because, you know, we think, think the world of Shepherd and the kinds of oh, work that's you. going on thank there. You. And want to promote uh, anything and everything that's going on there. Thank, as best we thank can. you very much. We're, we are blessed to have the consistency in our uh, leadership. I mean, he, he has been there since Shepherd was two people, you mm. know. That were part time, and now we have a pretty large staff, and and uh, God has blessed us with some reach. So one of the things that's frustrating to people like me who want everything yesterday is that you know the issue of being patient isn't one of my greatest strengths. Right. You know? And uh, so even being in a nonprofit setting for the for four years, uh, I'm thinking that we should be much further along than we are. You know that kind of thing, and wishing for. Uh, more compatriots to come alongside us, even with all of the connections that I make around the city. And um, so it's it's nice to hear about
about somebody like Jay, who has been doing this for a very long time, and the kind of work he had to do to begin to really kind of set the stage yeah. for everything that came. Yeah, out. yeah, that's true. I think, I think everybody would 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 like to. I think many people like to be at the helm of a large organization with all this reach mm -hmm. and all that, but you know, who wants to spend 25 years in the trenches? Yeah, you know, speaking to five people, six people, mm -hmm. so digging it out, man. Put the time in, yeah, yeah. Yep. Of course, you know, I'm an old offensive lineman too. That's all that we have. Okay. Anyway, you know, <laughs> so you used to work it out, with man. recognition. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I was an offensive yeah. lineman, but I was a tight end, and so oh, and so okay. much more on the glamorous side ah, of the offensive line. Got there catching the passes. <laughs> exactly, <man>. exactly. <laughs> that's funny, boy. Yeah. Just an old story from high school football. I'll never forget this day when uh, I was back in the day. You know, we we play against these four three defenses, and I was always against them at linebacker. So. Um, you know, it, it was always a fight between he and I. Anyway, uh, one day uh, my my face guard got just jammed right up my nose, broke my nose, Ooh. and my uh, I ran over to the coach. You know, blood's flowing and all this kind of stuff, and he just takes my nose and he straightens he, 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 he it out and he pushes me back <laughs> in the game. I'm going, man, would that ever happen? No, no way. No, 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 no. <laughs> you got to get gloved up, you know, yep, and all that yep. stuff. But back in the '70s, man, look out. Oh, man. <laughs> Everything was about just going back out oh, there. Isn't that the truth? You could stumble your way back to the oh, right, right side of the ball. <laughs> we come in after this. Now, thanks for hanging in there with us, Facebook Live, for listening to some of our football stories. Appreciate that. Let's get a picture here. Thanks, man. I need to reshoot some of these commercials because some of the people that I've highlighted here are no longer or I've gone in a different direction. Okay. And we are back. Warp and Hoof Radio, Radio Next.TV at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday. From 11 to 11.50, glad for the opportunity to be with you yet again this week. And here in studio with us today is Darnell Wilson from Shepherd Community Center. Really glad to have his presence here. Uh, Darnell, uh, just as we kind of finished our first section there of uh, the first segment, we were talking about the spiritual battle uh, that takes place in all of life. Uh, but we also recognize as human beings that there's, you know, down and dirty in the trenches. Uh, one of the things I think that it's important to get to is some of the demographic information uh, that you need to tell us about so that we get a better understanding of what's happening day to day on the street level of what Shepherd deals with. Yeah, so our, our, our primary zip code is the uh, 46201 zip code, which is the Near East Side, about uh, 10 minutes from downtown. And one of the things that I routinely see is that whenever I travel, even within the city, to speak about Shepherd, um, people ask me, you know, is it is it really that bad? Is is there that much of a need? Because if you drive 15 minutes from where we're at, you know, you're up towards Cumberland, and it's a completely different environment. Sure. And so I just jotted down um, a, a few different uh, uh, stats here that I'd, li I'd like to share. So. About 40% of the population is uh, below the federal poverty line. The the uh, murder rate is 200% higher than the metro area. Uh, drug overdoses are 340% higher than the metro area. Non-fatal shootings are 400% higher than the metro area. 
Uh, Jay likes to joke that um, our shooters are just not very good shots. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, man. Um, and uh, opioid uh, overdoses have, have actually really touched the entire state. But in, in our part of town, in uh, particular, they're uh, 50% higher than the uh, rest of the of the state and so also out of out of uh, 31,000 people almost are are uh, single moms oh. and uh, to, to be frank this is something that that really hits the black community hard probably about about 70 percent of, of uh, black kids will uh, grow up in a in a, a single parent home usually the mom and so this is obviously something that uh, we need the uh, black leaders in our community to to uh, start uh, addressing because I mean this is a near epidemic um, kind of uh, situation and with the breakdown of the family that is going to contribute to every single one of those other stats that I just mentioned and so people say is it that bad well God is doing some really really awesome things um, actually last month uh, police chief Roche for uh, IMPD was down and and uh, he thanked us for our work in some of the more violent areas, but the need is is uh, still great. Mm -hmm. So, the issue that uh, confronts us in situ situations like this, where we find the need for men, uh, the need for male presence. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that for a moment. Uh, we can talk about it within the home, uh, within the community, however you see that going forward. But when you think about male presence uh, for some of the, your young boys that you minister mm -hmm. to, how important is that? It is, it is absolutely vital. In fact, um, we have casual Fridays and we are encouraged to wear our, our college or <laughs> university hoodie because <laughs> college is not necessarily um, an option for some of these kids, especially some of the males. Um, you'll see You'll see quite a few of the little girls going to become RNs and and uh, work in in the uh, care field, but there is a real breakdown in male leadership. Um, I think at all levels of the social economic stratosphere, mm -hmm. um, I think the effects of it tend to be more grave for us, and so um, our kids need to see examples of strong men of integrity because they will duplicate, um, you know, someone's going to raise your kids, okay? Mm -hmm. Either yeah. either you or else someone else. That's right. And so they need to see examples of Christ-like strong men, which is why I think our mentorship program is 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 a very, very important. Mm -hmm. So just a one-year commitment to, to meet every week um, with a boy or a girl and just walk with that person through life. Mm -hmm. Um, so you can find out more about that at uh, shepherdcommunity.org. Um, but everything that we do is trying to provide that Christ-like example. Mm. Some of the things that, uh, you know, we throw around words sometimes, you know, so in the last few years the word privilege has, has been thrown around in, in different venues. But it, mm -hmm. it certainly seems to me that growing up in a two-parent stable household is a privilege. Yeah, yeah, it it is. And, you know, Privilege is one of those words or phrases that has become hyper-politicized. Yes. Um, it's like if you say the words uh, global warming, everybody's like, <laughs> okay, so what do you mean by that? Right. Um, but 
you know, really privilege is is just you being able to admit that God has blessed you in some unique ways. And that's something to be grateful for. And so even my dad, who is a 83-year-old um, white guy who grew up the son of a West Virginia sharecropper. Mm. I mean, he wouldn't know the meaning of, of, a, of an easy day. I mean, just worked from dark to dark his whole life. And he has such a humility to say, um, I was so blessed because of this, this, and this. Mm. And so it isn't someone trying to take from you something that you have earned it isn't someone saying that uh, you don't deserve it. It's just someone saying like me, like, hey, like I had it easier than other kids mm. who didn't have a two-parent home. Mm. And so we grew up without having any money, but we weren't in poverty. Does that make sense? Mom yeah. and dad together, strong faith, strong community, um, great, great uh, values. So that's what I mean whenever I say privilege. Just, mm. you know, God has, has blessed you in some very significant ways, and then you being humble enough to acknowledge that. Mm. That's a huge idea, one that I think goes all the way back to the issue of humility, one that uh, we don't often talk enough about, quite frankly, and one of the great virtues of all of life, uh, being grateful for what you've been given and where you've come from. And uh, in the phrase that you just used for a, mom a moment ago, uh, that you had it easier than other people have had, in whatever the case might be, you know, this, this is true for every single one of us in one way or another. Uh, you had talked about the mentorship program. Let's come back to that for a moment because that really seems like something that's important um, for churches and for men or women uh, to get involved with. How does that actually happen? And you said something about going to the website, but do they have to go through a program? Uh, yeah, yeah. And so if you go to uh, shepherdcommunity.org, you can you can submit a, a interest request. Um, our director of the mentorship program will get back to you, mm -hmm. and then you'll go through um, a, a sit down of just what's expected of you, what kind of child you might be paired up with. You'll go through a a, a background check, and then you'll have a series of meetings with um, the particular uh, child that you might be paired with, just to see. If this is a good fit, you know. You know, everyone's had all kinds of different experiences that that may or may not make a, a a fit good, and so we'd like to establish that before we have someone signed for this for this extended commitment. Mm -hmm. So, how how much of your program helps young people get into certain vocations, or do you have a, a vocational direction for them or help in that regard? How do they get a job? I mean, if yeah. to be so simple that way. Yeah, and so we have a a, a jobs coach. His name is John Wessick, great guy, served in the, in the United States Navy. Mm. Um, really, really solid guy, and he leads our uh, Jobs for Life. Mm. Now, that is for uh, men and women that have been incarcerated and are now going to re-enter. So, obviously, much more difficult for mm. you to get a job if you have a, a criminal record. John works with uh, different organizations in the community. They develop an understanding, and then um, John teaches some just basic um, job skills, just mm -hmm. looking someone in the eye, shaking their hand, showing up on time, um, and just working also with some of the specific struggles that people may have that uh, you or I might not have. So like mm -hmm. I, I have a vehicle, 
Um, I don't have a lot of people in my life that are in crisis that I may need to leave work for. And so uh, that is a big one. Also, we have what's called a, a soapbox uh, derby team, which it's actually really funny. I ran into uh, Bob Getz, um, who, who helps to lead that just downstairs before I came up. I was like, wow, what are you doing here? <laughs> um, and that has been huge because we have an engineer who – who comes and just teaches the kids about basic mathematics and physics mm. and then just um, really plants in them a passion for mechanics. Nice. And so um, not all of our kids are going to go to college. Um, some of our kids have gone into the military. Mm. Um, many of our kids have gone into trade. And so um, they'll spend uh, some years as an apprentice journeyman and, and um, then eventually began, began earning money as part of one of the trades here. And that's something that we're totally okay. Like our, our goal is not to make sure that everyone follows this particular path. Mm -hmm. Our goal is to say, let's be the best that you can be with the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And if that doesn't look like going to get a four-year degree, what does that look yeah. like? But let's start taking steps towards that right mm -hmm. now. So one, of, one of the groups that I was just talking with this week, I had a meeting earlier with was with uh, the Youth for Christ group uh, here in the city, and one of the uh, things that they do is called City Life Wheels. Have you heard of that uh, group, uh, Nate Hershey? City Life, but no. It's really down uh, just down on Washington. They've got an old 1930s old automobile uh, fix-up place yep. where they teach guys how to fix cars. Yep. Anyway, that it just struck me that you know, the very thing that you're talking about here is something that there are others in the city mm -hmm. that are doing good work mm -hmm. in that same regard. And uh, we've had, it's been a while since I've seen Nate a couple of years ago. He was on the program, some of his young men. Okay. Maybe next time you come in, we could bring that some would, of your That would be cool awesome. That would be awesome. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. So this focus that you have for uh, young people, for children, how is it that you are dealing with the youngest of your children? You have... Uh, people that are coming to you from kindergarten or maybe even pre-kindergarten mm -hmm. into your facility, uh, are there specific certain uh, directions for them or do you have programs directed mm -hmm. for the youngest? And so actually, so the very youngest would be um, those still in the womb. And so we have a, a program called Project Jordan mm -hmm. where a woman sits down with some of these moms, many of which are single moms, mm -hmm that are very, very young, okay? And just talking about things like substance abuse while you're pregnant, um, you know, what's a safe sleeping arrangement for your child, good nutrition, all these different things. And so even before the child is born, mm -hmm. um, we, we are trying to do everything that uh, we can to equip these young moms with um, what does it look like to be a good mother? Mm -hmm. So that that's one. And then our, our preschool through our fifth grade is um, making a huge difference mm -hmm. because we have those kids for hours every day. Um, they're exposed to the uh, Word of God and a really solid education, which is really huge, and a safe place. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, that that sounds like pretty small or basic, but just having a safe green space like the back of Shepherd Community Center. I love that space. To, to just be a kid without any fear yeah. um, is, is just absolutely tremendous. Mm -hmm. And so um, mm -hmm. putting those those kids th through the program, um, we rely on donors, vouchers, but probably the uh, program that we really need help with 
um, would be our uh, child sponsorship program. Okay, tell us about and that. And so for $35 a month, you can help to sponsor a child through our academy. Uh, um, and it is just a tremendous opportunity. So it, it doesn't cover everything, but it helps to cover our uh, curriculum, teacher salary, um, food for the kids. I mean, 3,000 meals a week is not inexpensive. Mm. Um, and so uh, I would just ask anyone, even if you could only sponsor a child for a month, um, $35 goes a long, long way into us being able to help our um, nearly 200 kids through our academy. Um, so. One of the things I hear from uh, unbelievers sometimes uh, is that the pro-life community doesn't really care about um, young people, whether when they get pregnant or mm -hmm. after the mm -hmm. fact. Uh, and here is just one more example. I mean, I can multiply these examples of people who don't, you know, you're, you're not there to uh, beat people over the head with why this happened to you. Yeah. You're there to serve them. Uh, okay, this is, you're pregnant now. Okay, let me help you through the yeah. process of how do you eat properly yeah. and how do you get how do you give enough nutrition to your baby that, that's in the womb? Yep. Um, and loving people. Uh, a lot of people get, think that it's just about judgment. It's yep. not. Yeah, yep. no, no, it's true. I'm actually on the board of uh, directors for a uh, pro-life organization called Love Times 2. Mm. And our, our mission is to create a better world for mom and baby. And so I think sometimes we forget about the psychological torture that a woman may go through after she has an abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, we, we also want to prevent abortions, but I think sometimes we get so fired up about it's, it's wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, and I believe that wholeheartedly, but there are still people involved that's right. that, that need the love of Jesus. And that's so right. that's, that, um, you know, we try to at Shepherd to hold people accountable with one hand and offer love and forgiveness with the other. Mm -hmm. And so that's a tension to manage. It isn't a problem to be solved. Um, anytime you work with people, they're going to burn you at times, yeah. and they're going to surprise you at times. Mm -hmm. And so that's uh, there's just just a number of stories throughout our nearly 35 year history of, of over the course of years, God sanctifying a person. Mm -hmm. And uh, as He's sanctifying us, I mean, you know, I'm I'm speaking as though I'm not one of the ones who needs to be you know sanctified mm -hmm. further, right? So yeah, yeah, no, that's really important. I, I'm always mindful of what Billy Graham used to say, that uh, it's not my job uh, to judge anybody. It's my job to love people. Yeah. And that the, the judgment issue isn't something that needs to be um, highlighted in my life toward another mm -hmm. individual, another mm -hmm. human being, uh, that I just, I'm there to love them, take care of them, whatever. Yeah, yeah however, it's true. Yeah. It's true. So we're coming down toward the end of our program. Uh, let's talk a little bit about something that, you know, we've been really been talking about all the way through which is the necessity of having a God-centered, uh, Bible-centered point of view on all things. Um, talk about some of the things that go on there, whether it be interrelational with each other, uh, whether you're talking with, uh, let's say, some of the young people that you're dealing with, whatever the case might be. How, how pervasive is the uh, emphasis on the Word of God mm -hmm. at Shepherd? It's woven into everything um, uh, through our school curriculum, uh, through our summer programming. Kids go to chapel every single day, um, Bible stories every single day. We, we pray over our, our meals. Um, 
the kids know that that Christ is responsible mm -hmm. for the blessings that, that they are receiving because we try and never let them forget it. Mm -hmm. And it's also a good reminder for us mm -hmm. as well. And so it is it is woven into absolutely every program. And so our continuum of care goes from zero all the way to senior ministries, and it is woven all the way through. Mm -hmm. Has to be. Has to yeah. be. Yeah. From a Christocentric point of view, uh, we certainly are emphasizing the logos, that is the word, um, but there's also the power of the Holy Spirit. We've mentioned uh, a few times how important is the, uh, in the teaching of the Spirit's work in people's lives as uh, you're encountering issues and problems at, at Shepherd. Yeah, so um, we actually have three church bodies that meet on campus. Mm and they make up kind of one church. Mm. Um, we have um, a church at the uh, top of the hill called uh, Cornerstone Church. We have um, a celebration church that, that meets in the actual community center, which actually birthed out of a small group study that just kept growing and growing and growing, had to that? move down to Shepherd, made up of the same people that we serve throughout the week. Nice. And so we just love that continuity there. And then um, our Hispanic church as well. And so we use our facilities um, every Sunday, almost 400 people mm. are coming to hear the gospel and they hear it every time they come in. So every time they go go to sit down with, with one of our social workers, they're gonna hear some, um, some aspect of the gospel. Um, we are interested in all suffering, but especially eternal suffering. I think John Piper said that and, and I just couldn't agree more. And so we are not, just interested in filling bellies, um, getting people jobs. We are very much invested in that, but we want people to know um, and to respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. And so the the uh, judgment doesn't work, yelling at them doesn't work. If it did, then you know law enforcement would have a much better track record of actually reforming people. Um, <laughs> right. uh, we need these people to respond to the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. That's huge. Uh, we have uh, come toward the end of our show here today, and I thought it might be nice if you kind of give us just an overview, 60, 90 seconds, of something that you want to make sure that you leave with everybody uh, about Shepherd Community Center. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, I would say first and foremost, um, please pray for us. So um, as you've heard these different statistics, there's a lot of different um, spiritual battles that we're involved in. And I would say, um, second, go to our website, shepherdcommunity.org, look under the, the uh, sponsorship tab, and just consider um, sponsoring a child for uh, $35 a month. Um, um, I know that can be a very significant commitment, but it would mean a lot if you were just able to reach out and say, you know what, I um, sponsor one of these kids. And then um, also email me, um, Darnell, D-A-R-N-E-L-L-W, at shepherdcommunity.org, and I would love to answer any questions you might have. Mm. Uh, this is a fantastic opportunity for Shepherd to uh, kind of be spotlighted around the Indianapolis community. I would also point out that uh, if you're on Facebook or on Twitter, that you're going to be looking for at Shepherd Indy. That's I-N-D-Y, mm -hmm. at Shepherd Indy. So if uh, you want to connect in, the, in that way, go like their page. You go check out what's going on there uh, in social media as well. Um, any chance you get a chance to uh, hear from or listen to Jay Height, 
Uh, Jay is a fantastic leader here in Indianapolis, uh, has a tremendous amount of respect built on a reputation over decades, and we're grateful to have him here in Indianapolis and thankful for uh, his good work, along with all of the leaders, including Darnell at Shepherd Community uh, Center down uh, in the city. Check out those things, those opportunities for you to become involved and invested. And uh, once again, we're grateful for your presence here. Thanks Thank for you, being here. Thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah, it. Absolutely. You've been listening to Warp and Wolf Radio, RadioNext.tv at the Cool Groove site. We come to you every Wednesday. Next Wednesday, we're going to be hearing from the Christian Chaplains Association. That is chaplains that are doing work in vocational emphases. That is uh, folks who are invested in the business community itself. It's going to be a great opportunity to get uh, connected to some really great opportunities within the chaplaincy, as well as to see whether or not your business uh, might actually be helped or bettered by having a Christian chaplain uh, invested within uh, your employees and uh, within the infrastructure of your company. Warp and Move Radio, Radio Next at TV at the Cool Groove site. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll see you again next.